And so when I say that we have more time than we think we do, it's really because a lot of the time, if we're not intentional about how we're spending our time and aware of the mindset we have around our time, we're actually wasting a lot more time than we realize. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am so excited about today's guest episode because I actually have a very exciting guest coming on. She is a time clarity and mindset coach. And I know that so many of you guys really struggle when it comes to managing your time and your mindset around time and all of that. So today I have brought Sam Clemente onto the podcast. Welcome, Sam. How are you doing? Thanks, Sam. I'm doing spectacularly. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely adore your podcast. So it's such an honor to come on as a guest for you guys today. Oh, and guys, if you missed out, not too long ago, I was actually featured on Sam's podcast. So Sam, why don't you tell us what your podcast is called and where everyone can go find it? Love it. Okay. So my podcast I do with my business partner and longtime friend, literally since kindergarten, Indiana. Our podcast is called Time and Money Mastery. So I take care of time. She takes care of money because I'm atrocious with money. So it's helpful for me because she teaches me everything. You can find us on Instagram at Time Money Mastery. Yeah, all of our links to listen to the podcast are there on the Instagram. So check us out. Yes. And guys, I highly do recommend you go check them out. Indiana has helped me so much with my money mindset. And Sam is about to spill all the juice on how I can start managing my time a bit better. So go check out that duo on Instagram and on the podcast. But I'll pop those links into the show notes so you can easily find them. So Sam, tell us a bit about yourself. Introduce yourself, what you do, why you do it, whatever you want to let us know. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think I'd be better at telling my story now because I've had to do it so many times, but I still feel like new details come up every time. So I am a time clarity and mindset coach. I basically invented that little, I guess, category for myself because I started off as what I called a mindset and success coach. And I just found that all of the clients that I really, really enjoyed helping, like more so like than any other clients were the ones that would talk about their time, their perspective on their life. And I just thought, you know what? Like, this is it. This is my niche. This is my community. And this is where I want to focus all of my time and energy. And so that's where Time Clarity was born. But coaching itself, oh my gosh. Well, I'll take you guys back a little bit. I started off doing my bachelor's degree in psychology. I absolutely adored it because I'm obsessed with human potential. Like when I say obsessed, I'm literally looking at hundreds of books just stacked over there in the corner. I'm constantly learning and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that psych degree. And then I finished it and I was like, oh my gosh, am I meant to be a clinical psychologist now? Am I meant to start doing research? Should I get like comfortable doing tests on rats? Like I was literally in a place of what the heck do I do now? And it was actually in making that decision that I started on the process of wanting to become a coach because I realized that all of my perspective on my life and my time and the expectations that I had about what I was going to do with that time all really stemmed from looking outward and looking at society or the people around me or people online and say, okay, well, what 
does society tell me is the next step, right? Like what does the world say is the next logical thing for me to do? And if I followed that, then I might've done my honors and my master's and whatever, maybe even end up getting a PhD in psychology because I come from a very academic family. So that was like naturally the progression I imagined when I was in high school. But at the end of my psychology degree, I literally sat there after I handed in my last assignment. I was just like, I felt this immense sense of relief. And then I felt this immense sense of, holy crap, I don't want to do this for the next five years of my life. Like, I don't want to go through this process again. And as much as I loved psychology and human potential and learning about personal development, I knew that the logical step wasn't for me. I did a master's degree in publishing, which was totally random. It was literally my gap year, but it was the gap year that allowed me to feel productive because I was still going to uni. I'm so grateful for it though, because I got to do amazing things like work for the Sydney Writers Festival and meet incredible authors. Like I got went backstage at Sunrise, which was incredible. Like all these amazing opportunities I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. But it was in doing that that I realized I could literally choose anything and everyone would just accept it. There was this perspective in my head or this voice in my head that said, if I don't do the thing that makes sense, then everyone will judge me, that everyone will think that I'm weird, that if I quote unquote fail, then like how embarrassing. But for some reason, when I told everyone I was doing a master's of publishing, like, oh yeah, it makes total sense. But when you think about it logically, psychology to publishing makes zero sense at all. And so from there, I realized I could make any decision I wanted to. And that's where I came across coaching. And through coaching, I was able to, you know, realize that I could do literally anything that I wanted as long as number one, I had the mindset to support myself. And number two, that I was willing to do the work to make it happen. And it like completely blew my mind because I was always obsessed with human potential. And I was like, I'm not utilizing any of these in my own life, any of these theories or strategies or philosophies I've learned about. And so I created this identity for myself of if I was the person that was able to live life at the level I wanted to, what would my beliefs be about time? What would my beliefs be about expectation, about society, about what I could do? And that's kind of how I got to time clarity because I realized that by getting unbelievably clear on what we want to be spending our time on, we can literally create the life of our dreams straight away. Not to say that you can click your fingers and everything magically falls into place, but you could literally get started right now without any knowledge of anything else other than the fact that you want something and you're willing to go for it. It's a very long-winded way of saying, and now I'm here, I'm coaching people in time clarity and absolutely loving it. I love that. And I connect so much with that story that like, you know, you've just shared the journey that you've been on. We are both proud members of getting the degree and then (laughs) quitting the industry. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Just getting all the debt just because. It's a fun club to be in. So obviously, you know, being a time clarity and mindset coach, what you're really doing is helping people shift their perspective of time, their expectations and what's really possible for them in their life, which I really, truly love. And now out of curiosity, Given that you're a time clarity coach and you love the concept of time, if Mm -hmm. you could pick one superpower, I'm assuming, are you going to be a time travel person or are you something different? That's so funny. You read my mind. I always go back and forth to being able to travel through time or to be able to control time, to literally slow it down. Because I found that, this is a really interesting question, because I found that all people fall into one of two camps. They either have this sense of urgency and feel like time's going so, so unbelievably fast and that they're never going to be able to catch up. And then there are people that think, oh my gosh, you know what? Like I should just be chill because there's so much time in the world. And there are dangers from like having both perspectives, but I've always found myself in the urgency camp. 
the, oh my gosh, like I'm already tw-, like at 20, I was literally like, I'm already 20 and I haven't achieved all my life goals. It was so ridiculous now that I think about it, especially because it's like years later. But I remember thinking if I want to get everything that I want out of my life, I need to start right now. And so definitely either time travel or to slow down time because that would help immensely. I love that you bring that up as a topic because that's something I really wanted to ask you today. Actually, I feel like that I would more so fall into the side where it's like the urgency and like yourself, Mm. I'm like, oh my God, 23, like my life's (laughs) almost over. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh my gosh, you're going to get to 25 and just be like, oh, you know what? It's totally fine. 23. (laughs) Like literally we get ourselves into this mindset and when we do enter that state of mind, then that's when time does really start flying by a lot quicker because our thoughts Mm. control our reality. And if you think that you have no time to get anything done, then you have no time to get anything done. So can you tell us a bit about then how we do actually have more time than what we think and how we can start making that shift so we can realize that and use that. Yeah, definitely. So one of my absolute favorite quotes about time, it's not even really a quote. It's like a meme that used to go around Tumblr back in the days. And like, it's always on Instagram where they say, Beyonce has the same amount of hours you do. If she is able to be the queen that she is and do all of these things with the same number of hours, then what's stopping you? And you have the naysayers that'll say things like, oh, but Beyonce can afford a professional cook. She can get someone to do everything for her. So all she has to do is the really important stuff. But at the end of the day, we have the same resourcefulness if we choose to. So for me, having more time than we think we do is really number one, our perspective on our time. The first example that I always think of is back in the day, if I would wake up an hour later than what I had originally planned. I'd be like, oh, the day is ruined. Can't do anything. Oh my gosh. Like I was supposed to wake up at 5 a.m. and it's 6.02. The day is ruined. Like I would automatically be in this state of mind of beating myself up for not being better. I was in this state of negativity. And something that I've realized is that negativity is really heavy. It literally slows us down. Like I want some psychologist out there to do an actual scientific study to prove this theory, because I fully believe that when we're negative, we're carrying things that heavier things that we don't need to carry to the point that when we're moving around our life, it literally slows us down in the same way that holding a heavy backpack full of rocks would be. That was like what used to be. But now I've realized my time is what I make of it. Literally last week, I stayed in bed till 1 p.m., which is something that you wouldn't think to hear from a time clarity coach, right? But I stayed in bed till 1 p.m. because I was watching reruns of Castle on Disney+. And I had absolutely nothing planned for the morning, but I was like, you know what? I feel like getting stuff done today. I started my day officially at 1.30 and not only was I able to finish a draft of my next book and to like get my workout done and redo my personal development, do all of this other stuff, I probably did more than I would have if I'd woken up at 6.02 back in the day and decided that my day was ruined. And the reason behind that is things are naturally easier when we're enjoying them or when we have a positive perspective, because we're not actually taking time to convince ourselves otherwise. Like, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when I'm in a crappy state, because it still happens, I spend so much time doing one thing that could easily take less time. So the thing that comes to mind is like writing a caption on Instagram, right? For an Instagram post, because we do that all the time. If I'm in a crappy state, it might take me a good 20, 25 minutes because I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh my gosh, today is a crappy day. Or, oh, that sounds stupid. Or I'm just going to quickly scroll through reels to get in a better mood. Or I'm just going to go get a snack. And something that could easily take me two minutes because I've done it before is taking me way longer because there are so many other things occupying my mind. And so when I say that we have more time than we think we do, it's really because a lot of the time, if we're not intentional about how we're spending our time, and aware of the mindset we have around our time, 
we're actually wasting a lot more time than we realize. So that's something that I take my clients through is I actually get them to map out, well, what do you do on an average day? And then if they're feeling particularly adventurous, what do you do in an average week? And I literally get them to, if they're willing, to the minute to track what they do. And 98% of people come back to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I spent so much time looking in the fridge, like an hour, like a day looking at the fridge collected, which doesn't feel like a lot when you're just quickly going into the fridge, but collectively an hour is a lot of time. You could get a solid workout in, you could read quite a few pages, you could, you know, have an amazing conversation with a loved one in an hour, but because there are like little bits of time, time just disappears from us because we're not being intentional. So I've noticed that when we're intentional and aware of where our time is going, we realize we actually do have more time than we think we do. I love all of that. I'm going to backtrack to the very beginning where you yes. said we all have the same number of hours in the day. Yeah. See, this is something that really stands out for me because you do hear people all the time creating excuses saying, I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough time for that. But the reality is there are plenty examples around you or in this world of people who have been able to do the things that you're doing. Maybe they've been in the same position as you, or maybe they've had even more on their plate than what you have. And so it's so easy to write off your own poor time management by saying, well, they just have more time than me. No, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. It all comes down to how you choose to use and manage those 24 hours. I mean, like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I found that when I was studying my degree full time, I was working my nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I was running an online business, running a podcast, you know, managing relationships, upholding my routine at the gym and just doing my personal development and so many other responsibilities. Like I had more than two hands full of things to juggle. Mm -hmm. And then I would hear people say to me, well, how do you do this? How do you have all this time in the day? I can't even juggle three tasks that I need to do. And again, it just comes down to managing your time. So you did mention that number one is shifting your perspective on time, you know, changing that shift within your energy in particular to Mm. be able to use your time more productively. So in terms of creating that energy shift, what are some tips that you have for someone who's maybe having a really sluggish or low day, but they have stuff that they need to do and they really want to use their time more efficiently rather than dragging it out over a prolonged period of time? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. I have a three-step process and I can't take credit for this because it's totally stolen from Tony Robbins. But basically he has this idea where there are three things that influence your state and state being like the jargon word for how you feel, essentially the identity that you create and the behaviors you're willing to do. And those three elements are physiology. So how your body is language. So the things you say and focus, the meaning that you attribute to the things happening around you. So I always, always, always start with physiology. And the reason for that is because we actually store so much knowledge in our body that we don't actually realize that sometimes all that we need is to get the energy moving. So if you think about it, I don't know if this happens to you, but whenever I'm having like a really low day, it tends to be because I haven't moved, like not necessarily haven't exercised, but I'm just lounging on the couch or like my neck is cranked in an awkward position because I haven't gotten up. And if you think about it physically, imagine energy as almost like your blood cells, right? Like going around your body, like your blood just traveling everywhere. If energy travels all over your body, but you haven't moved, it's just stagnant at your feet or stagnant at the bottom. Like almost like, you know, when you need to shake a bottle to like get the juice pulp everywhere, it's like that. You need to get like the energy moving around your body so that things can start to flow. And so my first step is always, always, always move your body. It doesn't have to be to go for a run. 
because I hated running when I first started this. It could literally just be to do 10 star jumps because the athlete that I was, that was enough for me. Or like to do some stretching and to do some deep breathing, but to really just focus on, okay, imagining if the energy was stagnant at the tips of my toes, at the bottom of my body, how could I encourage it to travel up? And honestly, like I remember watching one of the videos that you posted on Instagram where like you move around freely, like don't worry about what it looks like. That's literally what I do. I do this thing called Kinergy that's run by Julianne Huff, which I absolutely adore because it's all about expression, not perfection. And I literally, I'm not a dancer. Like you and I have spoken about this, about me going through and doing dancing lessons at some point, but I'm not a dancer. So when I do Kinergy, I just look like my body's flopping around like that thing that they put in car yards. But it feels incredible because I'm moving the energy around my body. And so that is always step number one, move your body. And it's the easiest one to do because you don't have to think about it. Literally just get up and stick your arms in the air, move them around, and you'll actually start to feel better. Now, the second thing is the language. So the things that we choose to say to ourselves, and that's not just the things that we say out loud, but the things that we have in our mind. Like I'm sure if your community has been following you for a while, like limiting beliefs is no secret to them, right? And so it's that same thing. Even if you move your body and you have all of the intention in the world, if you keep telling yourself, oh, this is stupid, this is never going to work, it's not going to work. Spoiler alert, there's no strategy will ever beat out a crappy mindset, none at all. That's why it's so important that when you start to move your body, the first thing you tell yourself is, okay, doesn't matter what has happened previous to this point, everything that happens now is going to be incredible. One of my incantations, and I say incantations for a purpose, and I'll explain why in a second. One of my incantations is the universe isn't in a rush and neither am I. Because I found that a lot of the time when I'm starting to get caught up in the, oh my God, I have no time. There's so much to do. 98% of those deadlines are self-imposed. And I'm sure you can relate, like being a big dreamer, entrepreneur, business owner, coach, we tend to add these deadlines to ourselves because we dream big. We want things to happen as soon as possible. But sometimes I've found it helpful to take a step back and say, yes, I am going to get to like my first million before 30. That's not a question. But at the same time, if I think about how much time I've wasted, I'm not going to get any closer to the million by 30. And so the second mindset shift that I always, always focus on is I ask myself, is this belief or is this thing that I'm saying bringing me closer or further away from where I want to go and what I want to do? Because some people will say, oh, like it's not doing anything, but I disagree. I believe that at any moment, any choice that we make will either bring us closer or further away. And so if it's not actively and obviously bringing us closer, then it's moving you away. So sometimes taking a rest will be moving you closer and that's totally fine, It's about being able to recognize, okay, well, which of the two is it? That is the language that we speak. And the last one is focus or the meaning that we attribute to the things that we say or the things that we see around us. So say, for example, if I woke up late, late, quote unquote late, and the meaning I attributed to that was I'm a lazy ass person who doesn't deserve success. I'm not going to do anything that day. I'm going to feel crappy about myself. I'm going to want to have a cry in bed. I'm just going to feel sorry for myself. But if the meaning I attribute to waking up late was, you know what? My body needed rest and that's totally fine because now it's rested and I have so much energy. I'm ready to tackle the day and it doesn't matter that five hours of the day has passed. I'm going to get so much done because this rest was incredible for me. Those next few hours are going to be absolutely magical without a doubt. So that's what I mean by focus and meaning is that you could literally choose to attribute any meaning in the world to what you see and what you experience. Why wouldn't you choose the one that spurs you into action or is the most empowering? So those are my top three tips that I always use. Yes, I love that. I love all of those tips. They're all so helpful. So physiology, language, and focus, really putting your attention onto these and making sure that they're aligning you with the action that you want to be taking. And something that you mentioned as well is how 
when we are having a lazy day and we are lounging around that that is generally when you know we take the least amount of action and and that's because inactivity creates more inactivity right so yes. you need to get yourself up you need to get yourself into action so then you can take more action and have more momentum as well now something that i really want you to sort of touch on now for me how do we go about the management of our time I know you mentioned about tracking what it is we do in a day, but how do you actually go about managing your time most efficiently? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this question because what's so interesting is that when we started the podcast, so Time and Money Mastery, it literally came from a conversation I had with Indiana where I was like, I don't believe in time management. She was like, what do you mean? You love time. I'm like, I do, but I don't believe in time management. And I, again, stole this from Tony Robbins, is this idea that managers manage situations, but masters create. I love the idea of time mastery because in my mind, I create magic with the time that I have. I don't manage the circumstances around me. I am in complete control. I'll take you through like strategies after this, but the first I guess, strategy is to work on your mindset, right? Like it's to work on your perspective is that if you go ahead and implement calendars and planners and journals and stuff you stick on your wall, but you don't do the mindset step first, none of them are going to work. And I know that from experience. So that is step number one. Step number two, I am absolutely obsessed with putting things down on paper. So I have a paper journal from Passion Planner, which I'm obsessed with. I literally use Passion Planner since their Kickstarter days. And it's, Writing things down in a physical planner every Sunday is like a non-negotiable for me. So I do a Sunday planning routine. I did an episode on our podcast that discusses why and like how to do it and all. But just like a quick summary, the reason why I do it on a Sunday is because when I used to wait to get started on a Monday, I found that the first half of Monday just, it took me a while to get started. They say that the amount of energy and effort that it takes to get a car from zero to 10 kilometers an hour is so much more than getting it from 10 kilometers to 20 kilometers because you're stationary. And so what I choose to do is on Sunday, I ease myself into my week because it releases any of the pressure to be going 100 miles an hour straight away. Because I could literally wake up on a Sunday morning, think, oh, I need to do my Sunday planning. Oh, you know what? I'd rather do it over a cup of tea later tonight. And I can rather than it being Monday and being like, crap, like it's already Monday. I need to get stuff done. I better just get started. And then planning just goes out the window. So that's my first strategy is to actually carve out some time every Sunday to plan your week. Now, it doesn't have to be Sunday. If like a shift worker and you start your weeks on a Tuesday, then you do the planning process on the Monday. You basically choose to plan on the day before your week officially begins. And the reason why we do that is because it gives you the perspective of your time without being stuck in the moment or being influenced by the stress of it all. When I used to plan on a Monday, I would literally sit, okay, well, what do I have to do for the rest of the week? But then the deadline that's coming up on Monday evening was just already in my mind. So I just wasn't in the right place to be making these powerful decisions. So Sunday planning is an absolute must. And the questions that I ask myself for Sunday planning, like if you want more detail, go over to the podcast episode. But for Sunday planning, the best question to ask is number one, if this week went absolutely perfectly. If everything that could have happened for this week for me happened, what would that look and feel like for me? So literally, we're not writing a to-do list. We're not writing a to-get-done list. We're not writing a get-to-do list. I mean, like, obviously, those are all great. But in this process of Sunday planning, I always ask myself, if this week went perfectly, what would that look like? If I got to the end of this week and I was like, crap, that was the best week of my life so far, how would that have looked and felt like? 
Who would I have spent time with? You know, what TV shows would I have gotten to watch because I carved out time to look after myself? You know, what cafe did I get to visit because I was craving something? Like literally the smallest things, because then what happens is that I can actually work them into my schedule with a bird's eye view of what my week's going to look like. But then the second question, which is unbelievably important, which so many people don't even think about, is to ask the question, what could potentially screw this up? And the reason why this is such an important question is because life happens. The best of us cannot plan for everything. Something I always tell my clients is to plan for success, but prepare for failure. And the reason why is I don't want you to go into a situation thinking, oh, everything's going to go to crap. I need to have a contingency plan for everything. But if you go in just positively thinking your way through your day, it's a very naive way to go through life is just assume that everything's going to go right. So assume that everything can go right. But if it doesn't, have something to help you out. So an example of this is what could potentially screw up my week? I used to say, okay, I want to exercise at 6 a.m. every single day after I do my journaling, after I do all of this other stuff, after I ease myself into my morning, I want to get my work done at 6. And when I asked myself the question, what could potentially screw this up? I know that if I sleep later than 10.30 p.m., I'm going to be lazy as heck to get out of bed. Or another thing, in winter, if I don't fall asleep with like a jumper on because I have the heater and like a billion quilts on, but if I don't go to sleep with a jumper on, getting out of the quilt is a mission and a half. Like what could potentially screw up me getting up at six o'clock in the morning in winter? Feeling cold. And so how can I prepare for that? I either go to sleep with a jumper or I literally have my jumper next to my bed on the floor. So the first thing I do before I get out of the sheets is put the jumper on. And so the excuse that could have potentially stopped me is now no longer a problem. And now, obviously, I'm not saying like I'm such a baby that I have to plan for every single option. But the reason why this is so awesome is because as you prepare for failure and like set plans in motion for them, you're removing any potential excuse that comes up. Do you know what I mean? Because even the strongest of us, the best of us, have this little voice in our head that likes to stay under the covers or tries to negotiate with ourselves to say, oh, it's fine, just stay in bed for another 10 minutes or whatever it is. And what you want to do is to try to make the decision to get out of bed because it's a decision every single time, but to make the decision to get out of bed so much easier. So I can no longer say, oh, it's too cold to get out of bed. Well, no, you're wearing a jumper, get out of bed. There's no reason. Like my next strategy is definitely Sunday planning. Now, before I move on, I was like talking at you. Do you have questions about the Sunday planning before I go and give you like another strategy? No, I love this. I love this. I was taking down a bunch of notes. Sunday planning is something that I always do myself because I find that I can't actually go to sleep on a Sunday night if I haven't at least looked up my diary for the next day or the week ahead, because otherwise I just feel like this whole lot of disorganization, right? Not knowing what it is I'm waking up to the next day. And when you do plan ahead, when you do have it all laid out, then that helps you show up so much more effectively. And like you said, it's giving you a kickstart. You're not having to start everything on the day of. Mondays are already hard enough for a lot of people. Don't make it even harder for yourself. Literally. (laughs) And then I love how you were talking about planning for success and preparing for failure. I think this is something so important. Like failure is inevitable. It's going to happen one way or another. And there's always going to be things outside of your control that are going to have an impact on your ability to show up the things maybe you've scheduled in. So it's just about being able to prepare for that failure and make it more comfortable for yourself to adapt to changes that need to be made. So yeah, I have no questions from that. You can keep firing away. Okay, cool. Because I have a habit of just when I get started on these things, I just keep talking. So at (laughs) any point, seriously, stop me. I don't mind. 
(laughs) But the next thing that I do absolutely without fail, non-negotiable is to do my morning incantations. And so the reason why I say incantations and not affirmations is that a lot of the time people say affirmations like, I believe in myself, today's going to be a great day. Money flows to me easily and freely. But a lot of the time when it's affirmations, they're trying to affirm something. But if you don't already believe it, you're not really affirming anything because there's nothing to actually affirm. If you think about what affirmations actually mean. And so the reason why I say incantations is because it actually, it's something that you get into your body and get into your physiology. So I have a rebounder downstairs, which is basically like a mini trampoline. And every single morning I will listen to my incantations. Even if it's super, super early, I don't have to like yell them at myself or say them because I've recorded myself saying them while I was in a positive state. And what that does is it actually puts in my body the things that I want to believe or the things that I need to believe in order to have a successful day. So a lot of the time with affirmations, we say things that we want to believe, but we don't necessarily believe yet. And so we tell ourselves, oh, if I say it enough times, like I'll get it in my body and I'll believe it eventually. But what's great about incantations is at its crux, they're things that are inherently true. There are things that don't have to be like, oh, they'll be true for me later when I'm more successful. They can be true right now. So for example, I say, I am worthy, I am guided, I'm supported, I'm loved. I'm wholly and completely committed to myself and I consciously choose to take massive action daily. So that is something that I don't have to wait to be more successful for that to be true. I don't have to be waiting until I have a certain amount of money in the bank account in order for that to be true. It doesn't matter whether I wake up at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. It's still true that I can choose to take massive action today. It's still true that I believe that I'm guided. So incantations are so powerful because what it does is it sets your mind right. Right. So in the morning, when you wake up, if you don't do anything, if you just open your eyes and like get on with your day, you are literally inviting everything that is around you to influence your mood because someone in your house could say something in a weird way that ticks you off or like someone could be in a bad mood and that rubs off on you. Or you can look at the weather and be like, oh, my gosh, that's just not what I wanted to see today and then start to feel really sad. What we do by having incantations, the first thing that I do when I wake up is do these incantations because I am choosing my mood for the day, which sounds silly because a lot of people are like, oh, you can't choose your feelings. But I totally disagree because like you said, our thoughts create our reality. The way that I see it is our feelings influence our behavior, but our thoughts influence our feelings, right? And so if we want to take the right actions, we need to figure out, well, how do I need to feel in order to want to do those actions? Because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you can try to force yourself to do something you don't want to do, but that's so unbelievably painful. And like, why would you choose to go through life forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do? What I tend to do is I look at something, if there's something that I know I need to do and I'm not feeling particularly motivated, I ask myself, how would I need to feel about this task in order to want to do it? So a classic example is waking up for training because like for Oztag, so I'm not an athlete, but I started playing social Oztag because the team wanted my boyfriend on. They're like, oh, you'll be able to help us convince him. And then all of a sudden I'm obsessed with it, which I shouldn't have been surprised about. But we have like we have plans for training on Sunday mornings at 7.30 in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning which isn't necessarily difficult. It's just problematic if we've got like a late Saturday, right? When I wake up in the morning, if I know that I don't particularly want to, but deep down it serves a greater purpose, I ask myself, how would I need to feel about waking up for training in order to want to do it? And I say, you know what? If I get my training done in the morning, I have the whole Sunday. I don't have to exercise anymore. Rather than focusing on, oh my gosh, it's so cold and I'm so tired and I don't want to get out of bed. That's the great thing about incantations is that it helps you choose how to feel in the morning, which then help you take the actions you need to so much easier. So what are some of your, if you could just quickly bat out like one to three of your top incantations for shifting your perspective and mindset around time, what would some of them be? Yeah. So my favorite is the universe is not in a rush and neither am I. 
The other one is I'm wholly and completely committed to myself and I take massive action daily because that's always true. And then the second one is I create magic with all the time that I have. So that presupposes that no matter how much time that I have, whether it's 20 minutes or 20 hours, I can create magic in that time. So those are my top three favorites. Love it. I love it. I really love this conversation because something that I'm working on myself at the moment is the idea of utilizing a higher amount of energy across a shorter amount of time to create more time elsewhere in your day. What I want to ask you as our last question before we start to wrap this up is, you know, if we're trying to create a balance between taking massive action and daily incremental action, how would you recommend going about this? Because I know that, you know, like myself, there's a lot of people who get very enthusiastic and just want to constantly be taking massive action. But at the end of the day, it does really come down to those daily incremental pieces of movement forward that you're able to take. So share a bit of insights in that for us quickly. What I usually do, and this might sound backwards, is I ask myself, what is the minimum amount of work I have to do in order to get to where I want to go on time? So I literally look at the big picture. So say it's like writing a book and I want to get the book written by a certain date. I ask myself, okay, if I had to break this down into little steps, what is the minimum amount of work I have to do every single day in order to reach that goal on time? And I plan for things like, oh, if there's a birthday or a wedding on a weekend and I don't do work on that day, I don't do work on that day. I don't force myself to think, oh, I have to do 10 minutes every single day. I'm like, no, you know, if I have an event, I deserve to take some time off. And so I'm not going to do anything on that day. And so I literally divide the work in between like the time that I have. So if I have a hundred days and 300 pages to write, I'll literally write three pages a day. That is the minimum of work I have to do. If I want to do more, great. If I'm feeling like I'm in flow, of course, I don't force myself to stop. But then what I do, the reason why we have smallest tasks as small as possible tasks is that it's so much easier than, say, writing an entire chapter of a book or trying to finish the book. So we want to have a perspective of what's the minimum I have to do or minimum I have to do to get to where I want to go. And then anything that gets added onto that is a bonus. So naturally, big dreamers after those like little tasks will start to feel like they want to do more. And so you can feel even greater about yourself for everything you do outside of what you initially planned. So that is my top tip. And that's how I was met. I managed to like, it sounds silly, but I managed to like that little perspective shift has helped me write books in such short periods of time. Like I managed to write one within a month, which I never thought would be possible, but it was literally like, okay, what's the minimum I have to write every single day in order to get this done in three months? Because I said I want it done in six months. So let's try three months. And I ended up getting it done in one month because the excitement of being like, oh, I finished my pages for today. You know what? I can keep going. Literally like took me through. But the great thing about that is if I only did the minimum amount, I still would have finished it in time. And that's totally okay. Yeah. What I love is that really highlights the sort of compound effect, right? Of taking those small daily increments of action. And a lot of the time we're too focused on the moment, the now and what we're doing now that we forget that if we are taking tiny steps each and every single day, that's going to compound to be a lot of progress when you look at it from a 30 days, six months, one year, five year sort of perspective. So I absolutely love that. I think that figuring out what is the minimum amount of work I have to do each day, that's a really powerful point to take on board as well. So I hope everyone's taken down note of that. (laughs) Now, Sam, given that this is the Empower With Them podcast, What my final question for you is, is what is one final piece of empowering advice or, you know, empowering anything that you really want to leave our listeners with today? Okay. My number one piece of empowerment advice is that you get to choose how you live your life. That sounds unbelievably cliche, but you do. By asking yourself better questions, having better perspectives, or literally just changing your frame of mind, you can take an experience one person might think is crappy and make it incredible. And that's really up to you. And so 
choose how you want to live and then just go out and do it. It's as simple as that. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I've absolutely loved this episode as well. It has been so, so helpful. I think time management is something that we're all constantly working on. You know, even if you feel like you have complete control of your time, there's always going to be moments where you've got to sort of reground yourself or there's always going to be room for improvement. So I'm taking on board everything that you have shared with us today. Now, where can our listeners find you after this podcast, aside from in the show notes? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram at samkathleen underscore. And I've also got my business page, which is nextlevel.u. So I'll give all the links to Em so she can drop it in the show notes. Instagram is the best place to connect with me. Honestly, I'm there every single day. Amazing. I've absolutely loved having you, Sam. It's so much fun recording with you. I so enjoyed the episode we did on your podcast and now having you here. So thanks for your time. And thanks thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for helping us master our time as well. (laughs) Oh, my absolute pleasure. We'll have to do this again sometime. So that's a wrap on today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this, then send this to them and share it to your stories, tagging me at empower.com with.m.podcast. If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.